Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Purposeful Marketing Podcast. Aaron, Mary, and James here. The trio is back. It feels so good. It's been a while, but we have great insight, thoughts, questions, and deconstruction. However you think this show is, that's what we're going to do today. But for the listeners who haven't heard us three in a while, um, Mary, head of marketing at my customers, James, content director, Bill76, Aaron Weeks, director, demand gen, Proofpoint Marketing. What we do on the show is we take big questions about marketing, we break it down, we have good conversation. And within that, hopefully you find something truthful, exciting, delightful, I don't know. But I'm happy you're here. So in today's episode, these are the ones I love most is when we bring people on to either teach us something or ask us a question or give us a big insight, that big aha moment. And I have Caleb Rule here today. And before I let him introduce himself, here's kind of the central idea is we talked about if we are king and queen of the day and we could build an inbound motion from scratch, what would we do? And that's kind of the crux of this today's episode. So Caleb, I'll just give you a minute or two just to kind of talk about yourself because that's why we love bring you on. So give you the shine in the floor. So throw it over to you, Caleb. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to the controlled chaos that this conversation could invite uh, because uh, I'm sure everybody listening is thinking, uh-oh, I already had four or five ideas, right? So the ideas will be flowing. So Caleb Rule, over a decade of experience in marketing, primarily in BDB, uh, currently between uh, full-time gigs, doing some side hustle stuff with Rule Marketing Group, very active on LinkedIn. So if you want to say hello, hop over there, last name R-U-L-E. Uh, so come and say hello. But that's enough about me, uh, Aaron. and I'm, I'm I'm that geek. I don't want to talk about myself. I want to talk about the topic. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I think in, let's put our philosopher hats on. And I forgot to tell you, Caleb, um, myself and James have philosophy degrees. So this is why we are the way we are. Let's define this inbound motion. Like, what do we mean? Do you want to kind of just take us through that first? And then um, Mary James and myself can kind of pick that apart a little bit. So... Yeah, I'm getting teed up to two philosophy majors, so I'm already, uh, I feel, I forget, I've been ambushed in a way, <laughs> of course. Um, but so inbound originally kind of sprung up because it was almost like this counterbalance to cold calling and sales. And so it was like, okay, well, instead of us going and annoying people, how about we try to bring them in, thus inbound instead of more of the outbound type of play. So uh, inbound kind of at its crux is go out get people to come find you and then get into your funnel, into your loop, into your whatever methodology you want to subscribe to. And that's really at the crux of, of, of uh, the, f- the flow, if you will, of people into a pipeline is you go out to them, to where they are, bring them and convince them to come in to where you are. And then, uh, then, then you annoy them with the salespeople. I'm kidding. I love salespeople. Uh, but that, that in a nutshell is the brief maybe statement I would give as an opening statement. Now I'll let you three, uh, pop away if you will. Awesome. I, I love how good of a sport you are. Cause I'm just like throwing you under fire and this is great. <laughs> so I think that's a perfect, um, definition. I think where we have some fodder and breakdown is when we're talking about SAS and non-SAS and specifically manufacturing, where again, James and Aaron, we've done most of our work here. And Mary, you were there. Now you're at SAS. How does that change through those industries? Or is there a change? Does it even matter, right? Kind of your straightforward definition was very straightforward. It's like, you know, you need an inbound motion because we're not outreaching. So we need to have all the workflow and set up to people come inbound. Do you think it's different between SAS and manufacturing, how they view it? Or is there things we should think about when we're speaking about those industries and their inbound motions? 
personally, I think they're worlds apart. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, for instance, you think about, because marketing doesn't exist in a silo, right? Marketing exists as this cross-functional, almost glue guy, if you will, um, or glue girl, um, where, where they're the connective tissue between so many other teams within an organization. So whether it's SaaS, you might have a smaller team, but it's much more direct, more of an inter enterprise, perhaps. You might have uh, significant teams or even global centers of excellence, depending on the company you're working with. But I mean, with manufacturing, longer sales cycles, maybe higher average deal, depending on what the SaaS company is offering, right? Maybe a Salesforce versus somebody who's significantly, that, you know, a smaller niche type of product, then, then you start to get some of those changes. But no, I think it is uh, vastly different, even with the sales cycles and kind of how the sales interactions go, right? Because marketing at some point is handing off to sales, unless you're an e-com store, um, which uh, I don't think is going to help us here. So uh, you have... You know, as we're talking about just the marketing function, obviously we're going to be threading into all of the other functions as well because you can't just take it by itself. That's not how marketing works, or marketing is doomed to fail from the get go. Yeah, I think that's a great follow up. But what I really want to kind of linger on, I think, is important. Like, is those differences, and I think with businesses that like James and myself work with now um, in the manufacturing space or professional services, like. If you ask them how they make revenue now, it's through sales, mainly sales activity, mainly through outreach and outbound. But what they need from us is to create and help them with the inbound motion. So it's like they already do this really well, um, the outbound motion. But what we help them with is kind of get their inbound started. In SaaS, is kind of where Priya Mary is like inbound is like really a part of your marketing strategy. Like you have to get inbound right because that's kind of from even let's go more high level and just from how your business model is going to work. Um, you need it to work right. Is that fair to say, Mary, or you want to just kind of riff on inbound? Yeah, for sure. I think that's totally accurate. I think there's also a really interesting thing. Um, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. There's also another major difference between manufacturing and, or other industries, like even finances this way and SaaS. And that is, that the salesperson owns the account for the life cycle of the account. So they're like an account manager. So they like really own expansion. They own upsell. They own almost like customer service, depending on how big the organization is. And in SaaS, it's like only new customers. So if you're a good salesperson, of course, you're going to follow up with your customers. But for the most part, it's once you sign on the dotted line in SaaS, you're handed off to customer success and they handle onboarding and continued success and retention and upsell and all that stuff. So that's another interesting, just a little stake in the ground there. James, you're going to add something? I guess the, the one thing I would add that really is immaterial to like what's actually different about the process of getting a customer, but material to like, I think why there's so many differences in how the two types of companies operate is, you know, if you're a executive at a manufacturing company, um, I mean, for the most part, you've made your, you've made most of your career happen during a time when, you know, selling was very different and a customer would purchase under very different circumstances in a very different environment. And, you know, a lot of the organizations that like Gorilla works with, are kind of the way that they are because that's how they've been for like more than 40 years. Um, and so even if you're like at a new company and a growing company that, you know, wants to hire someone with a lot of experience in a field, 
Like they're hiring someone who got their experience doing things a certain way. Um, you know, and, and things have been done this way for a long time and sales worked and sales still works for those companies. Um, and if they've, they've got some of the best people doing it because that's how they built their entire business versus like a company that literally sells software, um, like only exists in a world where this stuff is used. Um, and therefore is like also way more like prone to thinking like, oh, of course we'll shell for um, the software we need to actually feel like marketing's gonna work or to know we're doing it, right? It's like one thing to like run inbound. It's another thing to run inbound and feel like you're capturing what you need to capture to know what's working, what's not working, um, so on and so forth, all the stuff we've talked about before. Um, so like, some ability to like understand the tech and live within it and like a comfort level like does make a difference in you know why these organizations are the way they are um versus like obviously that doesn't make a difference to their customers in terms of like what is actually the best way to get in front of them but it is like a material difference in how these organizations operate before they talk to folks like us yeah, some things I want to pick out with what you said, James, is um, two things. Like one, like our customers, I, I don't really think they even think about what we're talking about today, nor do they really care. They just want to understand how they can have a conversation with you. And number two, why we need inbound probably, and we're really tackling that mindset as a group here before we do um, tool set and skill set. Why we need inbound is because it, it needs to work with our operation. We have to have some kind of operational motion here um, to make sure that marketing and sales is rowing in the same direction. Again, yeah, if you're SaaS like Mary, maybe you don't have a sales team, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so maybe you don't even have to worry about that. However, I think for most of us, like there's so many marketers that are in non-SaaS and that's why I appreciate all of them because you, you're you're stuck with this scenario, right? Is you have sales who are pretty good at their job. They've been doing it for 50 years. You're being tasked to create an inbound motion. You have to have an inbound motion at some point, right? Um, tech's going to evolve. Your customers are going to evolve too. But it's like, how do you get there? So I'm going to bring it back to you, Caleb. And the question is, if we're going to create an inbound motion from scratch, maybe like what are the two to three core things we need? It can be tech. It can be ideas and mindset. It can be people. Just kind of um, get us started. So, I mean, the first place I'd start, and I'm, I'm sure all of y'all have said this on previous podcasts. Uh, and for those who haven't listened, there there are a great many on your YouTube channel, by the way. Uh, well worth a listen. Um, but interview some existing customers. Uh, now, if we're starting an inbound uh, motion from scratch, we're still assuming that the company exists. So I'm going to uh, make that leap a little bit. If we can interview some inter uh, some existing customers, I want to know where do they spend their time? That's often marketing's biggest challenge. And I know there's some tools out there. One of my favorites is SparkToro, just getting in the weeds. That's Rand Fishkin's tool, right? I, you know, I see nods, you all know it. Um, but, it, you know, it is attacking that problem, but it's, you know, what are the CMOs talking about in their CMO Slack group, uh, right? Or in a pavilion channel or in a insert coffee chat here, right? And the executives are often the ones who have that buying power um, that inbounds trying to get into the pipeline anyway. Otherwise, you have to work up to the power that you need to, to sell. So I would start there if at all possible. And if it's not possible, and in some companies it's not, right? Sales doesn't want you talking to them for, for many good possibly uh, um, reasons. Um, 
then the other place that I would start is, is I would really start kind of asking around to, okay, can I interview some people who are maybe within my target market, kind of offer them, see if you can get some time. Face-to-face time, uh, and Aaron, this kind of gets back to what you mentioned earlier, which, which is establishing relationships, right? I can look at all the data points I want, but at the end of the day, people are people. We're not a data point. And so how we think, act, and, and live uh, and make some of our buying decisions can alter based on how we're feeling in the moment, right? The emotions that we're feeling on your website, or the emotions of, I just walked into my office to, to do some research and my five-year-old, you know, just uh, threw a massive toy down the stairs. So I'm kind of feeling like angsty, right? That hasn't happened this week at all. Um, but it's, uh, you know, but that impacts how I'm coming into that. And so talking to, okay, what are the uh, typical people I think can give you a starting point from a tech perspective, I would also uh, say, the correct marketing answer is always it depends, as every marketer knows. Uh, but it, um, you know, if I'm in SaaS, for instance, maybe I'm looking at more data enrichment, uh, right? Whereas if I'm in manufacturing, maybe I'm looking for a little bit more along the lines of a marketing automation platform because it's going to be a longer cycle, and so I might need to nurture a bit more, invest in progressive profiling. Forms are not evil; it's just how they are used that is evil. That's a whole nother conversation for another day, maybe. Um, but that might be just one one kind of line in the sand, I would draw and then kind of kick it around to the gang and, and see what you would add. Yeah, I, I love that. This is great. I'm, I'm going to riff for about a second and I'll give Mary and James um, the mic. So what I love is that you started with the why, which is what we love on this show is the why. And it's, it's our people talking to people and interviewing them, which is something we've all done here as a group is like the best way to figure out what to do next. And what I was afraid with this conversation before, just, I knew this group wouldn't do it, but it could start is okay, perfect inbound from scratch. We should talk about gated versus non-gated content or something. Something so tactical that it really takes you out of what we need to do. And so I think if you start with people, now when we go down the line of the other things we need for inbound, we're going to do way different things. So that was kind of what I want to riff on. Um, Mary James, anything about that point or about the tech stack that you may need to start out? Yeah, I have a couple opinions. <laughs> um, I definitely think you should have like some kind of, um, if you're gonna have a website to, to start an inbound mo- motion from scratch, you need a website. Um, unless you're like some kind of genius who's figured out how to get all your business through LinkedIn DMs. So I would definitely have some kind of really, really solid website like WordPress, like just do it. It'll be kind of expensive at the outset, but it's totally worth it on the long term. It'll scale really easily. Um, and then I would definitely have some kind of CRM. So if the form routing is automated, like the more you can just automate the easy parts of the inbound motion, I think the easier your life will be. When I was like at Spring Systems, we, it was a nightmare. Nothing was automated. Like we would kind of upload a form to the CRM, but you couldn't pull reports from it. And like, it was just like, hours of my time down the drain for like no good reason. I think that's a good call out. Um, James, you're about to jump on. I was just going to say that I line up pretty much exactly with Mary here. And even if you don't, you know, I don't think every business doesn't necessarily even need to, you might not need to pull a report to know whether something's working or not working. Um, but still, like, I, there's just almost never, I can't imagine a use case where it's like, uh, we're better off, like, paying someone to do 
these like form uploads man or like like there's just i just can't imagine a use case for that so like i do think like does your crm need to have every capability ever maybe not like i i think there's plenty of businesses that that will know whether marketing's working without um you know advanced reporting but at the end of the day you're really gonna need some amount of automation um unless you've got some sort of gross intern pipeline that like other folks don't have which i would just disapprove of in general um making humans do that kind of thing but yeah that's just my two cents i line up pretty much exactly with mary on all those conversations so let me ask a, a, a divergent question if i can um so you both went crm and i kind of assumed a crm a little bit but are we saying that marketing owns the CRM in this case? Yes, I would say marketing should own the CRM. I know that's um, a controversial Blasphemy. answer, but if you have an inbound, inbound motion, you kind of have to. And I'll talk to, about this from the SaaS side and the manufacturing side. I'll go manufacturing first because it's a nightmare. Like the salesperson will not do anything. They will not enter data unless it's incredibly easy to do. They will not follow up with anything unless it's incredibly easy to do. So you're going to be in charge of like maintenance as far as like accurate data entry, like throw that on the sales leader, like let them deal with it. Um, but you should be in charge of like making sure all the fields are how they need them to be, making sure it's really easy to find the fields that are mandatory, Make sure it's making sure it's easy for everyone should be marketing's job. I love that, by the way. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping somebody would go there. And James, I, I know I haven't uh, let you answer, but it's usually it's IT in manufacturing who owns it. And then, and then it's a <laughs> sad truth. <laughs> I have um, this idea I've been toying with that I'm thinking about putting on LinkedIn that sales is no longer, and that probably never was really the enemy of marketing, but it definitely, the enemy of marketing is IT for sure. <laughs> Ooh, I love this. Mary hot pitching this first here. <laughs> And some, let me turn off my AC real quick. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> yeah. So the title of this episode is going to be Mary Keogh wants to fire her sales team and hates IT, right? That's going to be like the title of this episode. <laughs> no, I love my sales team. <laughs> but you know, I just, don't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to reframe us here a little bit. Or right, go ahead, Kevin. We've all been there with, with bad data, right? I mean, when the first thought, the first first thought that came to mind when we were thinking about this topic was, ooh, there might actually be a clean database. Like, what does that look like? I mean, legitimately though, because how much waste happens? And I've worked in as director of marketing at a profession, at a B2B consultancy, right? That was selling data cleanup and CRMs, right? I've seen firsthand, all of you have too, where it's like, hey, I'm going to go into Salesforce and lose four days of my life trying to find that one thing that, oh, now we don't need it. It's happened to us all, right? And so I do think it's worth noting, it's a very interesting sidebar, but it is actually foundational component too, right? Where the CRM is assumed and yet that's an interesting topic unto itself, right? And maybe that's a future podcast episode. Who should own the CRM, tech spend and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, Aaron, uh, back to you. Definitely, yeah, Caleb, you can come back on the podcast. We'll do that one. So <laughs> just to reframe us here a little bit, because I think we spent a lot of time talking about the mindset and I think that's perfect. And we started getting into kind of more of the tool set. I think that's good discussion about the CRM and like you're going to need a website. You're going to need some kind of tool stack. 
know, I think one other question we had that's more mindset and we're really kind of joking around the thought is like, should sales be involved in creating this inbound motion from scratch? I think that's a toss up. I'm not really sure. Um, I think it's going to depend if you're SaaS versus non-SaaS or in your manufacturing, but um, Caleb, for you, like how involved would sales be in creating the perfect inbound motion from scratch? Yeah, it, it really does depend on what that process looks like post-purchase, um, so, so to speak, or even, or even I would say slightly pre-purchase. So for instance, in manufacturing, it really is relationships, uh, especially, uh, you know, when I, I think back to my time when I was working at Club Car, um, and there were multiple product lines, it was like, Mark. They're marketing, just give me what I need. I am the marketing, basically. Like, if I leave the company, people will not buy from us. Just be, you know, and it wasn't the salespeople uh, person saying anything untrue. It was very relationship focused, right? In that regard, versus a SaaS company, you're one amongst a sea of thirty thousand and growing or contracting. Depends on the week. Depends on which LinkedIn influencer you follow. Um, you know, but the sea of technology. Um, cue the obligatory Scott Brinker infographic that gives you a migraine looking at it here. Um, there's just so many, right? You're trying to cut through the noise and you're trying to be as frictionless as possible. And so for a SaaS company, it may not be necessary unless it's, I mean, you're trying to get them to request a demo often. You're trying to get them in the door, take a product tour. But I would question if sales is absolutely necessary until it's really like they're 95% of the way through the journey, right? It could be a lot more self-guided, Whereas something that has an higher ACV, excuse me, higher ACV and might be significantly more complex, need 14 people to sign off on it. That's where I think sales really becomes the Sherpa to get the deal across the line. So I would, in fact, for manufacturing, I would probably have sales be um, a significant partner um, in it. Honestly, I'd, I'd want to walk lockstep because I can't succeed without them in SaaS. I still want their input, obviously, especially because if there's a sales team, um, then, then I'm going to be working with them. I might not lean on them nearly as much, though, because I'm trying to put this much more in the prospects' hands, um, and, and just trying to get them to click the button and then give us their credit card information. So I, I think that that's a great explanation there, um, Mary. You are a SaaS person here, so <laughs> I'll just give you the floor to, to rebuff, respond, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I would um, involve sales to the extent that so. It depends on your philosophy in marketing, right? So I am very, the website is your main conversion point for high intent leads. So somebody who wants to talk to sales or has a question for sales, like those are the only people I want contacting my sales team. So in that instance, sales needs to know, hey, we're changing something on the website. You know, we're creating this new inbound motion, right? And these people are very high intent and I expect you to follow up very quickly. So I'll tell you like our sales team is like a less than six hour follow-up on any inbound lead. So they're, the lead is already automated through like an email calendar sequence, but if they leave a phone number, which is optional, our sales team is calling them within six hours. So I think that kind of buy-in, just making sure they know like, hey, this inbound lead is going to be super high intent. Um, now on the other side of SaaS, you have a lot of like MQLs, like gated content, and most of those are going to an SDR. So any marketing qualified lead is going to an SDR, including those high intent leads. So if you're kind of stuck in that and you're building this inbound motion, then I would make it really clear that SDRs can call all the gated content leads they want, but if it's a high intent lead, it should go str straight to an AE 
because they know they've done their research. They want to talk to somebody who's, to your point, Caleb, going to build that relationship with them. They're going to take them all the way through that buyer's journey. Go ahead, James. Oh, I was I was just gonna uh, say, yeah, I think I kind of uh, I I think again here, I'm just like right with Mary. Um, I think that you really do want them to be involved because um, <clears throat> because all of this stuff that you do means absolutely nothing if someone fills out the form and they don't go anywhere. Um, like, and there has to be like that handoff point, like, cause the customer hands themselves off in this, you know, you don't get to, um, you know, find each person and so, and hand, you're not hand selecting folks and saying, and doing an intro, like, Hey, meet my friend salesperson. He can take it from here. Like you need a team of folks who's going to take the experience that you've prepped this customer for and provide that exactly. And you need to know what the expectation should be for this person so that you can set it up for them. Um, like you can do all of the strategic things to set up an inbound motion, but if you don't actually know, you know, what, um, what the experience is going to be like when they fill out the form, um, you're not going to be able to set expectations. Like when it really comes down to making the ask at the end, like we've done all the educating of this buyer that we could possibly do. And we ask them to fill out the form. Um, something that's going to help you quite a lot is being able to tell that person what's going to happen when they fill it out. What's really going to happen. And you don't know what's really going to happen unless you have the salesperson help you. Um, and unless you get them to buy in on delivering on, on that, like 99.9% .9 of the time. Um, so I, I think that they should play a really important part in it. And um, I think they have no reason not to. And not to want to, um, it's like the the leads in the office that get like hidden. It's like these are the good ones. You guys should be fighting over these. Um, <laughs> and like, why wouldn't you? So yeah, I agree with Mary. They, sh I think they should be involved. And um, I think it's just to make sure that like you take this thing. And to Caleb's point, you got this thing. This person who's interested. They fill out the form. You need to turn that into a relationship as quickly as possible and with as much momentum as possible. And the salesperson is super well equipped to do that. I love where this conversation went because I think what you're explaining, James, is is the plight of marketers is because we don't have any experience in that process. Like we don't know. And because we don't know, that's why we tend to talk about the things we do and do the things that we do. Where in reality is if we start with customers talking to them, if we talk to sales more, we would have a much better grasp of this inbound motion and we wouldn't be so caught up with these very tactical things. Should I, I gate versus ungate? What should my landing page look like? You know, what we really need to do is think that mindset that you just explained is like, if I'm a customer, I'm getting handed off. Like, what's that experience? I think that goes all the way back to what Caleb was talking about at the beginning. It's like talking to your customers first. Maybe it's different for everyone. Maybe you don't need a landing page, you know, maybe you need um, a podcast, maybe you need a video on there with someone from sales explaining this is exactly who we work with and why. I think we also get really caught up into the technical nitty gritty of like, how do we get someone to give us their email? 
And like that is the plight of inbound. <laughs> That's why I wanted to do this episode so we can really talk about it and break it apart. On one of the last segments here I want Kayla to kind of speak about is really talk through mindset, somewhat of tool set, like in this skills skill set section. It's like, okay, we had this inbound motion broken out. We've talked to customers, sales, we we understand it. We we need to get customers there. Like what what are the things we should do? It can be anything. I just want to give you the floor to think like speak about that. <laughs> uh you don't I feel like you're opening Pandora's box here, right? Because <laughs> it, it literally could go almost anywhere, um, you know, and obviously it depends, right? So if your customers are spending significant time on Reddit, right? And there are subreddits even for manufacturing, latest news in manufacturing, right? That's that's popular, Mary, I see you. Um, lurker over there, or are you active over there? I need to know these things. Uh, Wait, I'm mainly a lurker. I lurk in a lot of subreddits. <laughs> Who doesn't? Let's be real. Um, if you're not, you're missing out. But, uh, you know, again, there are communities of people and there is a function of that, right? That aren't necessarily just, hey, let me blitz this LinkedIn ad campaign out there because my buyers are primarily B2B. Um, so in terms of skill set, there is a customer centricity kind of mindset where, where, okay, where are my people spending their time in? And the phrase that I've heard other people use is digital watering holes, essentially, right? So, okay, it could be Quora. It could be Reddit. It could be Medium. It could. It probably is LinkedIn if you're in the B2B space. Although, um, if it's not SaaS, you might have to work a little harder to find it. It is there. Um, so, if thinking in terms of some of that, and then when you start to get these buckets of where people spend their time, then you can kind of craft some of the um, channel-specific strategies to that, right? Such as, oh, um, is is a certain CRM very active in, in that space or well-adopted, maybe partnering uh, with them. Some partner marketing might be the correct lever to pull here versus um, versus some SEO and SEM might be the way to go if if they're, you have active users on some of the platforms, right? Um, and so it, it it's not just a, okay, go run, do, go do some performance marketing, go optimize your CRM and then go optimize your forms and go kind of optimize your website and everything will fall into place. There's all these idiosyncrasies between the channels um, where, okay, we need more of this, we need less of this. Um, I would personally, a bias I would say is um, that search engine optimization continues to be underutilized, even though people are freaking out about AI and recent developments with that. There are so many websites I've seen, I'm sure y'all have as well, where it's like, cool, you have 10,000 pieces of content, maybe 1% of them anybody gives a rip about. Right. And so it's, 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 there's a whole lot of, of, of active optimization. Now, if we're starting from scratch, that's not a problem. But then I want to be producing content that people actually give a rip to read. Right. Would I pay a dollar of my time, which could be a minute, could be 30 seconds, could be two minutes, depending on your salary. Um, would I give a dollar of my time to actually read more than the first paragraph of this piece of content? I feel like 90% of the time the answer is no. So I would start there maybe um, with be interesting. Uh, with your content that you're trying to get people to consume, which then will lead into everything else. Caleb, I appreciate you so much for me throwing broad questions at you and tackling it the way you do. What I love for the listeners is to allow the listeners to hear us other marketers like talk and think through it like you did, because there is so much to consider. But if you only learn marketing from LinkedIn, you would think, oh, I have to run demand gen. I have to run uh, paid search to capture. I have to run paid search. That's not the point of why we do marketing. That's why we had these conversations here is, again, understand where your customers are. How do I get that content in front of them? I like what you're just saying. <laughs> Can I just get interesting content in front of them? Um, for Caleb, it's like, I'm good at SEO. I, I've done it before. 
Um, my customers, it works. So that's what I'm going to stick with. The answer, it, it depends. It always does. But like when you are building the perfect inbound motion from scratch, which is kind of what we're trying to get you to do is to think about that as a marketer, maybe you, you do different things. And I think I'm going to try to kind of wrap us up here because we're going over time. Um, before I do, James and Mary, just any final questions for Caleb? He's been such a good sport. No, this is awesome. I'm glad you hit on the that it's not all about the tech stack and um, the tactics. Like it is like about building that foundation too. You do need to interview customers. You do need to interview people in your target market. You do need to talk about problems that are relevant to them. So I just very much appreciated that. I don't really have any other questions either. Um, yeah, I feel like if I try and think of one, it just won't be very good. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. Caleb, you're, you're posting content on LinkedIn. I think that's a great place for people to reach out to you. I think you already mentioned your website, but any other plugs you just want to throw out here? Unless you're on a pickleball court near me, or maybe if you're active on, uh, on, on Lead Chess, you want a friendly game, feel free to say hi. I am also active in Dave Gerhardt's uh, Exit 5 community as well. So, but again, just, just helping out fellow marketers and, and learning from them as well. And certainly this conversation has been additive to that. Uh, I find commenting a lot more interesting than posting. Uh, a lot of other people post. It's interesting. So I'll go comment. I'm like, they're more interesting than what I have to say today. Let's go comment on their stuff. So if you want somebody who maybe doesn't uh, or just comments on other people's stuff, want to spice up your newsfeed, come say hello. I might also have a good dad joke to throw in your inbox as well. I have a question now. <laughs> um, oh, <yeah. laughs> what's your What's your leech S rating? Uh, bullet blitz or rapid? Well, I guess they're all kind of about 1800 or so. Oh, those are, those are your games. What's your, what's like your rating? Uh, bullet, I think I've gotten it up to about 1850 on Lee chess. Uh, blitz is probably about the same Rapid's closer to 1900, but I rarely have time to play a 10 minute game because somebody might be checking toys down the stairs. <clears throat> so <laughs> somebody have to go, be, sometimes I have to drop it and go be a dad. Well done on those ratings, by the way. Those aren't, those are pretty good. Yeah, those are good ratings, people. <laughs> for the listeners, those are good ratings. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified it for me. <laughs> Come say hi. I'll play anyone. Like, the game won't let me play, Caleb. Like, there's not <laughs> a way I could set up the game where they would let, the algorithm would let us play each other. I would have to set that up privately. Oh, and maybe you should. Okay, for the listeners, I love big questions like these because we really get down to the why. And then as we're going to bring more people on like Caleb is we're bringing on tactical experts, but you can kind of tell us we all start to talk as a group really opens our minds up. So if you want to do that, um, our podcast is open to you. You can DM us um, to get on the pod. Um, that's basically what Caleb did um, for me. So you can listen to this on Spotify, YouTube, all the places you, you listen to podcasts. I'm giving you the final spiel here. And the last thing, so I'm just checking my notes is Again, we're going to have more guests on. If you have particular topics and tactical um, questions you want us to answer, I, I can go find people like that. And um, Kayla actually helped us find some. So I appreciate it for that too. So I appreciate listeners and have a good one. Peace.